We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com. Your home for everything Lakers. This is the LakersNation.com podcast. It's Monday night. No games on tonight, which is weird, but no games on tonight. So we're going at our, our more normal-ish time, right around 9 o'clock Pacific time. Going to talk a little Lakers basketball. Going to talk about the latest on Russell Westbrook. Some discouraging news for anybody hoping to see Russell Westbrook gone from the Lakers. We'll chat a little bit about that. LeBron taking to social media to talk about how much longer he's going to play. We'll talk about that one a little bit as well. Plus, we'll get into some other topics like, oh, I don't know, this team in the Western Conference might have just gone home in devastating fashion last night. We'll have to chat a little bit about them as well. Joining me tonight is Sean Davis. Sean, how are you? It's called the Trevor. I would like to be referred to as the Devin Booker special. Crap, no, my name is Sean. Thanks, Trevor, for having me back on. <laughs> and uh, yes, I think we are all uh, enjoying some more than others that the Suns went out like that. I, I don't think anybody could have saw that one coming, though. No, and you know, Keith and I talked about this this morning on the NBA front office show. I mean, I never would have predicted. Never would have predicted that. The Phoenix Suns would go out the way that they did. I mean, the home team wins 77% of the time, and Phoenix found a way to not only lose on their home floor, but get embarrassed, get blown 50 points. You know, I'll say this. If I had to pick between the two, I would rather the Celtics go home and the Suns advance, if I had to pick. Yeah. But, but in lieu of that, knowing the Celtics had already made it, Okay, I, I was all right with with Phoenix uh, get, going home, given the fact that they had you know done some things early in the season, taunted the Lakers, and I've said many times I don't feel any particular way towards the Phoenix Suns or anything like that. But between the two teams, I felt better about the Mavs moving on than the Suns. And again, it was bizarre the way it happened, and I know a lot of Lakers fans have don't agree with me. They they feel that animosity towards the Suns. So I'm gonna I'm gonna join right along with that, and uh, and we can at least be happy if if not that the Celtics went home, we can at least be happy that that the Suns have now gone home, and their title window might not be as open as people think. When you look, what's gonna happen with Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, 
is he going to be? I don't think he's even back next year. Like my goodness, yeah. that this is. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with the Suns team, but that's that's a mess. And that was a beating on their home floor. Unbelievable, unbelievable stuff in that Mavs Suns game. Yeah, and really quickly in terms of like enjoying the Suns. Uh, loss, like you mentioned, it's like some of the fans are. Even, I don't really care about the quote-unquote beef with Lakers and Suns or whatever. However, if you do follow me on Twitter, I definitely had a bunch of fun trolling the Suns last night. But um, And also with the whole Suns title window, I honestly thought it was closed after this year anyway because, let's be honest, CP3 is 37, and with all the injuries he's accumulated – they were going to have to win it this year. And in a weaker Eastern Co- Western Conference, John Morant's done for the rest of the postseason. They had to get it done this year, and they failed, and they couldn't. You're not probably not going to get DeAndre in back next year. So, yeah, in the West, it's only getting better next year. You have Denver healthy, the Clippers healthy. Hopefully the Lakers can revamp this roster and get back into contention. But, yeah, it's only going to get tougher for Phoenix going into next season. Yeah, it is. The West, not going anywhere. I think of anything, this was the season the West was fairly easy. And again, that doesn't reflect well upon the Lakers. Don't get me wrong. Like this was this was the year you could pretty much fall backwards into the playoffs. The Lakers still found a way not to. That's not great. But the West, I think, will be more difficult next season, especially as teams get get healthy. So you know what? I, I do want to say welcome in, since I should have, that was rude of me. I didn't say it off the top. Welcome in to everybody coming in from YouTube, from Facebook, from Twitter. So I've been going through some of the comments on uh, on Apple Podcasts. Some of the reviews we've been getting have been absolutely fantastic. Um, some incredible stuff that I really, uh, really, really appreciate. So if you're a podcast listener, if you're a podcast listener, you listen to this the day after, whatever, when we put it out as a, in the podcast format, if you could, do me a favor. Just take 30 seconds, maybe even less. Just give us a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts and then mention something. In the review section, you can you can throw in some questions there. You can throw in some comments. There were a few people who actually threw in threw in some questions and things like that into their reviews. Um, I'll get into get into some of them. A lot of people talking about LeBron and stuff like that. Uh, but I did appreciate all the stuff that we've got that are going that's going on over here on uh, on Apple Podcast. And yeah, you guys have been doing a, a fantastic job. So if you wouldn't mind, give us that that review. We would certainly appreciate it. I've got some people in the reviews that are even calling Matt Optimism Prime. So that's how I know they're really listening to every show because that's kind of a rare drop for us. I saw that one. Optimism Prime. I love it. I love it. Um, Here's a a question that came in. Uh, Exceptionalism said, if LeBron is extended now, and again, this is in the Apple podcast reviews, it will Mm -hmm. undoubtedly be for the max. If he isn't extended and deteriorates or is unavailable for a large part of next season due to injury, then you let him walk or pay him a lot less the following season to avoid paying max money for a fading superstar. So that is that's kind of a glasses half full or a not even glasses half full, right? Because that's not what we want to see happen. LeBron de- decline or anything like that. But that's um, I, I guess a way to look at it in terms of protecting the franchise. Like if if a extension doesn't get done, an extension doesn't get done this summer, the upside is, well, if LeBron doesn't have a great season next year, maybe you're protecting yourself a little bit by not having that long-term deal with LeBron James. Like, uh, I mean, people are looking right now at James Harden. Rumors 76ers aren't going to give him a max deal anymore because he doesn't look like a max player anymore. And they shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. So if, I guess that's kind of, that would be 
a little bit of protection. But again, I've said this a bunch. The difference between LeBron signing an extension with the Lakers and not signing an extension with the Lakers, I believe, is going to be one year. It's going to be one year because he's going to do a one plus one if he signs the extension. So we're really just talking about whether or not he's under contract for the 2023-2024 season or not. When I think about it that way, I'm not as concerned about whether or not he signs that that extension with, with the Lakers. I mean, it, it matters. It definitely matters. But I don't think it's as franchise-altering if he doesn't sign it as it appears on the surface. Yeah, and I also think that it's the most backwards way of thinking, especially for the Lakers, because that's not what the Lakers do, right? When Kobe was up, right, after he was going through his injury ruts and stuff like that, they paid him still. They paid him uh, like a superstar, right? So, like, LeBron could quote-unquote decline next year. I don't think it's going to happen, but he could quote-unquote decline next year and still be paid 38, $40 million, whatever the case may be. Um, because that's just how the Lakers treat their superstars. Mm-hmm. Um, Genie's not going to go out and say, oh, hey, LeBron, instead of averaging 30, you average 25 points a game, so let's pay you $20 million next year instead for your extension. You know, unless LeBron wants to pull Tom Brady and be team-friendly or whatever, but no, I, I, I that's the most backwards way of thinking, in my opinion, based off how the Lakers have operated in the past. Yeah, I mean, they've presented themselves as a superstar-friendly franchise. That's something that mm-hmm. I think they will continue doing. And again, they, they like we said, they, they paid Kobe. They paid Kobe coming off the, the Achilles tear. I think they're going to pay LeBron. Here's something that's been going on around the NBA. And don't worry, we will focus primarily on Lakers. But uh, Akbar Imran from YouTube, the Super Chat, said, What do you think? of the Pat Beverly trash talk on ESPN <laughs> this morning, especially to CP3. So talking about how people don't even guard Chris Paul or he can't guard anybody. All of this stuff that Patrick Beverly was talking about. How do we feel about, about that? First off, Pat Bev, uh, I, I, I rarely will ever say this, but Pat Bev, man, he uh, he got a couple of good laughs out of me today, not, not negative ones for once. Um, I mean... Pat Bev knows he's trolling to a certain extent. Uh, I think he was honest. Like he's like, we, I, I messaged you guys. You're like, uh, in our Lakers Asia group text, you're like, he set himself up nicely because he's entertaining. Mm-hmm. Pat Bev is entertaining. He knows he's entertaining. He knows because of how outlandish he is with some of his stuff and his antics, he's going to get eyeballs on his screen at all times. Uh, my only problem with that whole segment was uh, Teleprompter Smith saying that 28 points and 14 assists was nothing. That's my problem with that. It's nothing to worry about. Uh, so that's my only problem with that whole segment. But no, Patrick Beverly is a clown. He's hilarious. Uh, he did his job, man. He got eyeballs on the screen. I must have missed 28 points and 14 assists. What What is that all about? They were talking about Chris Paul. Like Stephen A's whole point or whatever was like Steph. You're worried he's gonna drop 50 on you or yeah. whatever. Chris Paul, he'll get you 20. He can, he could get 28 points and 14 assists or whatever. You're not worried about that. I'm like, man, get out of here. Oh, come on. <laughs> come Look, on. it's to say oh, if you're saying Chris Paul does not equal Stephen Curry, like sure, it, like that's that's not even a hot take. It's not like you're putting something crazy out there. That's just that's that's obvious. That's yeah, duh. In and out is better than McDonald's. <laughs> Duh. Right? Like, I mean, come on. <sighs> wow. Yeah, I mean, look, 28 and 14, can that have an impact on a game? Absolutely. I think Chris Paul's still a very good player. Chris Paul is also, though, towards the end of his career. He'll play. I know he's going to play next year. He talked about that. 
but you're not looking at a peak of his powers, Chris Paul. I don't know. It's that doesn't make sense. Okay. And now it's better than McDonald's. I, duh. <laughs> I think. I think Patrick Beverly. What he's doing is he's setting himself up for his post-playing career by by going on ESPN, making these comments. Look, Draymond's been doing it too. Um, yeah. You look at what JJ Redick has done, parlaying a podcast, and now he's on TV. Suddenly he's on ESPN everywhere, right? That's I think, and, and this is smart of Patrick Beverly, right? Go on there, say something that's going to get attention. Hey, everybody, look at me, and you're going to parlay that into a, a post-playing days career in in broadcasting or being on TV or whatever. And so that's I, I think going past what he actually said, I think it's, it's incredibly smart of Patrick that's Beverly genius. to say that. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. He's I, again, I think it's the thing to do. Again, he draws eyeballs to the screen because he said some <laughs> hilarious stuff. It's genius. Uh Jorge Sandoval with a interesting comment here. Uh crazy how this offseason has me thinking. So his brain is a little out there because they're in the offseason. Maybe going through Laker withdrawal. It's been over a month now of no Lakers basketball. Uh said if Sean grew out his Hair and got a perm, <laughs> he'd be looking scrumptious. That's, what is happening? Welcome to the off season. He said this is going to be a crazy off season. Definitely one for the books. Agreed. Have you ever thought about growing out your hair, and getting a perm, John? Uh, perm is a little bit of a stretch. I have thought about growing my hair out just a little bit, but uh, yeah, push it with the perm. <laughs> yeah. uh, Jaden R. Getting us back on topic. Uh, said, if we're stuck with Russell Westbrook, in my opinion, he should have a upgraded Bruce Brown role. Set screens, playmake as the roller, and he's a great rebounder. What do you think? So Bruce Brown is like a center in a guard's body. That's essentially how the, the Brooklyn Nets use him. So what do we think about that role for Russell Westbrook? And then after that, let's let's get into exactly what the Westbrook news is, because I think it's important. It's not the end of the world, but I think it is is important. So, but let's start with the Bruce Brown thing from the super chat. Sean, what do you think about trying Russ in that type of a role? If and this is a huge if, he's willing to do it. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, obviously, if he's willing to do it. But honestly, at least offensively, we know Russ is not a good defender. But offensively, I honestly think the best stretch we got from Russ, and to be quite frank, the best stretch we got from the offense as a whole was when Russell Westbrook 
was off the ball, setting screens, making great cuts, and then LeBron does his thing. We get the ball movement. Russ gets the ball on the fourth pass, ripped through. He gets an open lane to the basket because the defense has to move side to side at least twice at that point. Mm -hmm. If that's his role, I freaking love it. Now, it's kind of hard to sell a $47 million player on that, but... um, yeah, I mean, like, if that's what you say, hey, Russ, look, you're going to screen, you're going you're gonna, to uh, slice cuts and do all these different things, have you be a little bit more off the ball, get you on that third or fourth pass. If he is actually willing to do that, then sure. But I don't think he will, unfortunately. And what's to say that's going – I mean, Frank Vogel, it felt like he threw everything. Everything. Everything yeah. in there just to see if anything would stick. I mean, what's to say another coach coming in would suddenly get that to, to work? I, I – I'm hesitant to believe that I would, if he is back next season, of course, I would hope that that's what would happen, that it would work in theory. It works, but I think Russ could have that role in two years, in two years. I think once this, because right now you ask Russell Westbrook to do something to change something. And he says, well, I'm the highest paid player in the NBA. Why would I change that? Why would, why would I take on this role where I'm the, what, fifth option, the fourth option? Why would I do that? I'm the highest paid player in the league. It took Dwight Howard being all on the cusp of being out of the NBA to change his game. It took Carmelo Anthony being out yeah. of the NBA, no longer being the guy. That might be the case with Russell Westbrook. I don't and I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's this offseason doing soul searching. He says, you know what? I need to change my game if I'm going to stick around. Let's get ahead of this thing. What do we need to do in order to, to fix this? Hey, hopefully, hopefully that's the case. But historically, we've seen guys who were stars. It takes that rock bottom of, oh my gosh, I'm going to be out of the NBA if I don't figure out a way to fit into a role before they change. So I'm wondering if that might also be the case with Russ. If Russ doesn't change next year, uh, I'd be... Not surprised. If anything, if he does change in any capacity, I'd be stunned in a good way, I guess. But, um, yeah, man, it's just unfortunate. Like you said, that sometimes it has to get to that point where you saw with Carmelo Anthony, Dwight Howard. I'm sure there's plenty of other scenarios that we're just not thinking of. Uh, but, yeah, it sucks that it sometimes has to get to that point. But if you can find that role, like, you still have a name value because that's why everybody was – to a certain extent, I'd be the Lakers up when they got Carmelo Anthony this year because he's still mellow because uh, of the name, but he also changed his role, is able to uh, impact winning to a certain degree. Um, so, I mean, hopefully, Russ, whether it's for the Lakers this year or in two years, and he's on some other team, not named the Lakers, um, he can find that role that can allow him to play in the NBA uh, longer and not be out of the league for two years and have to come back when he's 36 or whatever. I am a little worried, though, because the dude can't shoot. So that's kind of a problem. So let's talk a little bit about the the news that came out. And the news from today was from Sam Amick, uh, The Athletic. And he said that what's happening is the Lakers are asking coaches in their interviews, uh, people that they're interviewing for the head coaching job, asking them how they would utilize Russ. And that they're giving the impression that Russell Westbrook will be on the team next season. And look, in it, by itself, okay, so it's a question that they're asking. But then when you add in that Sam Amick was talking about how a week ago, Phil Jackson is in the corner of Russell Westbrook. Like, he likes Russell Westbrook, thinks that they can make that work. Um, 
that you had um, you had the story about Frank Vogel. Part of the reason why he was let go was because there was blame being placed on him for not making Russell Westbrook work, for not making that situation work. Bill Plaschke, in the the interview on uh, the Doug Gottlieb show, where he mentioned that Phil Jackson wants LeBron traded, and everybody got you know upset about that. And look, understandably, but he also was very careful with what he said and said he you know he doesn't have any sources on that or anything or anything that can back that up. But he did say that he knows that Phil likes Russ and wants them to make it work there. So we've got like multiple pieces of evidence. And this thing about the Lakers asking asking their coaches, their coaching hires or potential coaching hires, how they would utilize Russ, that's just another piece of evidence that supports this idea that Russ could be coming back next year. Is that like is that the direction that you feel like this is heading, Sean? Are, are we prepare are the Lakers preparing for bringing back Russell Westbrook? All right, I want to make a quick point before I answer the question. Um, Trevor, who do you think is the best coach in the world in the NBA right now? Just like any name. I don't care who you er- say. Eric Spolstra. Okay, Eric Spolstra. Eric Spolstra is not getting Russ to fit last year. I don't care who it is with that roster. He's not getting Russ to fit, mm-hmm. period. Um, I'm going to steal Matt's tagline as the optimist for a second. I am praying to God that the Lakers are just saying, or like, hey, we still want to trade Russ, but... If John Rolfe or Russ is the only offer on the table, we're just going to bring Russ back. What do you plan to do with Russ? How do you plan to, to use him with your scheme? Somebody also just mentioned the Super Chat as well, which I think is a legitimate possibility, that it might just be a leverage play, honestly, to like give off, especially with Phil Jackson, people around the NBA know how much Phil, uh, his relationship with Jeannie goes and how far they go back. I do think that does factor into a certain extent. Mm-hmm. And... Now, granted, with all the stuff, like it seems like at this point it's just too much evidence to ignore. But I do think it is that to a certain extent. I do. I also don't think Jeannie. She does that whole L.A. Times article, um, interview or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think Jeannie knows she can't bring back Russ next year. She can't. Like you cannot just bring back that same core and say run it back. If anything, bring back the. The uh, 2020-2021 team, where if AD doesn't get hurt, they beat the Suns in the first round. Here's here's the thing, and that's I'm in agreement that this could just be smoke. Because look, heading into this offseason, the narrative around the Lakers is they have to trade Russ. That's terrible for leverage, right? So if you're the Lakers, you want to make sure that everybody and anybody, anybody within earshot, hears you saying, oh yeah, no, we want to keep Russ. It was Frank Vogel's fault. That Russ didn't get a fair shake. It was Frank Vogel's fault. We think he's a really good player. Uh, it just didn't click last year. Injuries, etc. It wasn't Russ. It wasn't Russ. Russ is great. We want to keep him. That's what you want out there. Now, the scary part for, for Lakers fans is if that's what they actually think versus what's they're, what they're putting out there. If you want to see Russ gone, if you don't think Russell, and I don't think... Look, I, I don't wish any ill will on Russell Westbrook. I don't think it's a fit. That it wasn't a fit on paper last year, and we were hoping that talent was going to outweigh fit. It didn't happen. I don't think it's a fit. I think you need to move on. I think you need to clear the air from the worst season in Lakers history. That's my take on, on the situation. However, if I was Rob Palenka, and I'm in a position where I've got to talk to other teams 
right now about a trade with Russell Westbrook, I don't want the word that's out there to be, I'm desperate to move him. That is a bad, bad environment to try to make a deal in. Instead, I want the word that's out there, whether or not people to believe actually believe it, to be the Lakers are going to keep Russ. The Lakers don't have to move Russ. The Lakers think they've figured out a way to make it work with Russ. That's the word that I want out. So that's where all of this stuff that's coming out, suggesting that the Lakers are going to keep Russ. If we take it at face value, to me, that's a little bit concerning. Like, if that is really what they think, they believe bringing back Russ is a great idea, I'm concerned. I'm concerned. If, though, and this is what I think is happening, they're putting all that out there because they want that narrative to be taking hold, at least to some degree. Again, will people believe it? Probably not, but you got to try. If that's what this is, is spin in order to improve the trade environment in which they're operating, then it's smart. It's what you absolutely want to do, even if it does unnerve some people in the meantime. Yeah, and I mean, also another thing that's kind of, now I'm thinking about it, this has to be, maybe again, I'm being hopeful, but this has to be smoke. Because that Russ, keep Russ, LeBron thing, even though like he did say technically he doesn't have a source on that, even though he does know Phil reportedly likes Russ a lot, that Russ, keep Russ, Trey LeBron thing is like so out there and wild. Like there's mm-hmm. no way that's, you know what I'm saying? So, uh Maybe I'm just being hopeful and missing what's there or whatever, but I think it's either smoke or they're just saying with the uh, bring Russ back thing, look, if Russ, John Wall is the only trade that's on the table or bringing Russ back, what do you, what do you want to do with them? Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm being a little bit more hopeful. I uh, love Lamar with the super chat said, I lost respect. This is going off uh, to a different topic, but I lost respect for the Suns after they got cocky. Braun was telling them to stay humble this year. And they took shots at Luca all this series. Give me all the sun slander. Num 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 num. Yeah, they they did. They did seem to. They they seemed like they bought their own press. But again, I still think there's something else going on here. There's something beyond just that. This this was more than just they came in overconfident. That team. Again, I don't want to spend a ton of time on the Suns, but that team. They looked like they wanted to be anywhere else. To start the game. To start the game. To start, yeah. It makes no sense. Chris Paul is an all-time great. Regardless of what you think of him, as a basketball player, he's an all-time great. Mm -hmm. All-time great. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. He hasn't won a title. This may have been his best chance. You would think, if nothing else, if nothing else, the team would have stepped up for Chris Paul. The team would have said, CP3, we got you. If he's hurting, he's got an injury, they would have said, we've got you. Let's go. Let's win this for Chris. Let's get this done for him. Instead, we saw the team look like they were thinking about what they were going to do over the summer. And let's face it, like if they win that game, they're probably the favorite right now to win an NBA championship. Maybe the Warriors, maybe, but they're, they're up there. They had the best record in the NBA. 
And in game seven on their home floor, they looked like they wanted to be somewhere else. That's that's more than just overconfident. That's something is rotten at the core. And and that's why we were so shocked to see that from the Phoenix Suns. I do think to a certain extent, this is still a really, really young team. And I think when they went up 2-0 on Dallas... They were obviously over overconfident or whatever. Game three and four heavily win Dallas's favor. They come back to Phoenix. They win game five. And I think game six. Game six they lose. And I don't know. I think they just like lost some hope in them. Like, oh no. Especially Chris to a certain extent. Like, oh man, here's another, you know, opportunity I might go to waste. You know, we're we're up 2-0 again. <laughs> so um, but yeah, I agree. To a, I do think to a certain extent that it has to be something else. That DeAndre Ayton rumor is really, really interesting. Where Monty, they got to a little back and forth argument on the sideline. Monty said, "You playing or not?" He said, "Nah, I'm good." Personally, I don't sympathize with players who say I don't want to play. But you know, there's always more information to be told. But uh, yeah, there's definitely something more that we have not heard yet. Yeah, this is. I mean, if that's if that's really the way it went down, and by the way, he only played 17 minutes. He's a restricted yeah. free agent. The Suns didn't want to play him, pay him last summer. 24 hours ago, well, a little over 24 hours ago now, I would have told you, DeAndre Ayton will be a Sun next season. He'll be in Phoenix. Yeah, literally. Now I don't think so. And one game, I think, is all it took to change that. He's going to be somewhere else. The Spurs are going to come in with a big offer. The Pistons are going to come in with a big offer. One of these teams is going to come in with a big offer, or there's going to be a sign and trade. And he's going to go somewhere else. I think that's that's what we're going to see happen with uh, with DeAndre Ayton. Uh, if if he was really given the opportunity to come back into the game and said no, thank you, it's almost like a mini Antonio Brown situation for for the yeah. for the NBA, just without the you know taking your shirt off and taking your shirt off <laughs> and, yeah. and going into the end zone and waving to the crowd and all that. <laughs> waving to the crowd. Also, the Spurs are probably going to Spurs it up and make Lakers uh, fans' lives miserable and go sign Zach Levine. Oh, man. And then ace the draft like the Spurs it, know how. Uh. It feels like Zach Levine is probably on his... Uh, well, I don't want to say he's on his way out of Chicago, but it feels more likely now than it did a couple of weeks ago that, that he could really yeah, be, be leaving Chicago. For sure. Uh, Secrets MP said, what are your thoughts on Patrick Beverly's comments? We, we went over that uh, to start off the show, so you just got to rewind a little bit uh but we did talk about that there's a few other questions about some specific beverly stuff that we'll get into but uh mamba mentality the super chat said pat bev called the lakers the biggest franchise in the nba he also said lebron is the one guy he would want to play with if he could play with anybody would you accept patrick beverly after all the bad blood that's that's been spilled between the lakers and patrick beverly over the years as much as I despise a Patrick Beverly, he's also one of those players that you have to imagine that you love if he's on your team. You absolutely despise if they're not. But, I mean, let's let's face it. He's a really good defender. He's improved his three-point shot over the years as well. And, I mean, the Lakers need more defenders. So, I mean, if he meant it. I, I Now, that I definitely think it's smoke. He said LeBron because he knows LeBron and him have had some encounters, especially when Pat was on the Clippers. Well, this year, too, he patted LeBron on the butt. Uh, but I think that was more smoke. But, I mean, I don't like Pat Bev, but he's a great defender, and the Lakers need defenders right now. So, I mean, I guess. I don't think that's smoke, though, in my opinion. Let me ask you this. If the contracts were equal, who would you rather have on the Lakers, Russ or Patrick Beverly? For 47 mil? No, I'm saying I'm saying the contracts are equal. Just 
Let, let's say you can both contracts are, are erased somehow, amnestied, and you can sign either player to the Lakers for the taxpayer mid-level. Okay. Which one are you taking? I don't know if this is a bold take or not, but right now, Patrick Beverly impacts winning more than Russell Westbrook does. <laughs> Especially on a team like you're putting him next to LeBron and Anthony Davis, Patrick Beverly affects winning more. Yeah, that's what. And that's why I asked. That's why I asked. I think he's. I think Russ is probably the better player still. Yeah, still. probably yeah. Pat Bev would be the better fit. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It's not the quite like in like your the face when you said that. Our guys, our guys at Dodger Blue, talked about over the, their off season during the, their winter. They talked about. Carlos Correa and the rumors that he could be coming to the Dodgers. And there's oh, there's even more oh. bad blood there. And the reaction from Dodgers fans was no, hell no, we don't want that to happen. That's not like Patrick Beverly to Lakers fans is not the same level, but kinda. Kinda like that, where it would take take some do it. Maybe it would take Patrick Beverly making some big plays in a game or something before fans would start rooting for him. But it, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thought. Carlos Correa is part of the reason why Dodgers don't have another ring right now. Patrick Beverly, we just don't like him. Yeah, that's, well, that is true. Uh, Jonathan Taylor. Thomas? JTT? Is that you? Ooh. Said, think this Russ, uh, this latest Russ rumor is a leverage leak? Oh, we kind of oh, talked, yeah, talked about that. Uh, we, yeah. we talked about that. I do think it could be. Uh, but Jonathan Taylor, thank you. If that's not the former teen star, then I will say thank you for the fantasy points on my on my football team. You are fantastic. Uh, Alberto Flores with a super chat said, if the Suns shake up the roster, should the Lakers pick them up? Who would you trade for? Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. No, no, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> would you? Don't even say his name. You? Nope. Nope. Matt the Optimist would just, he wouldn't nope. know what to do with himself. Jay, what would you do if Jay Crowder was out there? The Lakers need wings. Would you trade for Jay Crowder? There's another one that's their six man. <laughs> take that campaign. <laughs> you Cameron Payne, you would take him. No, that guy's worse. No, the the other six uh, six man wing, the other guy, Cam Johnson, that one, other Cam, the good Cam. You would take him, Cam Johnson. Yeah, don't even say Jay Crowder. Matt's probably uh, screaming at his pillowcase <laughs> right now because he just said Jay Crowder's name. <laughs> Somewhere, Matt the Optimist Somewhere. just like reacted like he just, he just had a sixth sense that just went off, and he's he's looking. It's like when a Highlander gets near another one or something like that. Spidey sense. Yeah, it's his his Spidey sense is going off. He's he's angry, but he's not sure why because people are talking about Jay Crowder. He's getting mad. Trevor just mentioned. Huh, Trevor just mentioned Jay Crowder. <laughs> uh, Tony PR with a super chat says, "Who do you add to the roster if Russ stays?" Whoever's the coach, I hope to see some motion offense rather than 1v1. If Russ stays, it's hard <laughs> to retool. Yeah, so let's say the Lakers. Um, let's say they hire your guy. Hey, let's say they hire, hire Darvin Ham. And and they say, okay, Darvin, you're, here's the keys to the kingdom. You're, you're our coach. Here's a four-year deal. But Russ stays. Who do you want us to go get to round out this team? LeBron, Russ, AD, Stanley Johnson, Austin Reeves, Wendy Gabriel, THT, Whatever's left of Kendrick Nunn, that's your team. Who do you want us to go sign? What do you What do you do in that scenario? 
honestly, you probably trade THT because I, I can't go through another year of watching whoever the coach is try to see if he can make Russ and THT fit on the court at the same time. It just won't. Um, so you probably trade THT for what? Who knows? Um, I still like the Otto Porter fit still. Mm-hmm. Um, I still really do like that. Because um, Austin Reeves, if Russ comes back, is definitely probably your two or one of your two guards anyway. Uh, Otto Porter, I would still love Gary Payne the second too. I don't think it's going to happen, yeah. but I would love Gary Payne the second. Um, Otto Porter, Damian, I think no matter what, for the most part, the guys you target are the same. Uh, but, like, for example, if you did that Hornets trade, Hayward and Oubre, then maybe you would target more guards in free agency. So maybe you use that tax pyramid level on Gary Payne the second, or you try to bring back Malik Monkey, but I still don't think he's coming back. Um, but for the most part, I think the, the targets are about the same for the Lakers, regardless mm-hmm. of if Russ comes back or if he uh, leaves. Yeah, the idea is the same. You're looking for 3 and D-style players, two-way players, particularly big wings. That's what you need. The answer to how to mitigate Russ's weaknesses is the same. I do agree that if you keep Russ, you probably need to move THT because you're just devaluing him. You're playing him alongside Russ. But yeah, that's you're, what you're looking for stays the same. And again, Otto Porter Jr. is a good fit. Um, you look for trades, see what you can find out there on the market and, and find somebody that uh, that can fit. Uh, Ronald said, I hope Trevor directly answers my question. Okay, well, here you go said is kai soto if kai soto can be a pick by the lakers this coming nba draft june 23rd so we need to talk about that i spent a few days out in atlanta um last week uh visiting with kai going through his his training sessions and and all of that it it was great great uh i also got to see him so i posted a little over an hour ago the interview that we did with with kai soto so you can see that on there tomorrow, I'm going to post highlights from the Atlanta Open run that that he played in, as well as some of the behind the scenes of his training and stuff like that, which was great, total blast to get out there and see it. The Open run featured other NBA players, some G League guys as well, uh, some guys who were looking to get drafted. Uh, there were also some players like uh, some names you might notice uh, or, or remember. Devontae Kaycock uh, was out there. Josh Powell. You guys remember him? Uh, he was out there as well. Uh, Shelvin Mack was out there. Some some NBA guys were out there in addition to some G League guys and some guys who are looking to get drafted and, and things like that. It was great to see him out there getting run. Can the Lakers draft him? They would have to buy a draft pick. And now they have a history of doing that, buying a second-round pick, so it's, it's possible. Uh, I think Kai would have to really wow them in, in workouts and shoot really well. But um, from having sat down and just talked with him and everything, great, great kid, um, great head on his shoulders and wishing him, him the best shoots. I mean, his, his shooting motion is very, very fluid from behind the arc. Yeah. That really stood out to me. I think he's got to get a little bit better in terms of being a rim protector. Use that length. He's seven foot three. Ridiculous. He's yeah. seven th- I, I, we Obviously, we were sitting down when we did the interview. He's seven three. Uh, seven five wingspan. I think he's got to get to to a point where he uses that a little bit more. But here's one of my favorite moments from the open run. So these guys, just to give you kind of a glimpse, these guys are have all played basketball at a level to where there were guys throwing down dunks during the open run. I'm talking about ferocious get up, 
and attack the rim like you're mad at it kind of dunks. Dunks where if it happens in a game, the whole arena goes, oh, you know, you get that, that crowd reaction. When these dunks happened in this, this open run, there was no reaction from the other players. Like, they're so used... That's the level of player that, that was out there. They're used to seeing this stuff, extreme athleticism. They're, it's so normal for them that these hammer dunks are just, okay, it's another play, right? Like, that's, that's the kind of player that's on the floor. Kai had a play where he caught a pass from behind the three-point line, pump faked, and drove. Defender closed out. He put the ball on the floor and drove. He put the ball in one hand, his right hand, and held it out, extended, and attacked like that. He got hammered at the basket and got fouled, and so he got free throws, so he didn't finish the play. But when he extended his arm, the whole gym went, oh, because it's just not something that you normally see, a 7-5 wingspan extending the ball the way he did. It was enough for me to go, okay. These guys have been dunking like crazy all over each other and nobody's reacted. And Kai just did that and everybody and everybody reacted the way they did. Like it's something you don't see every day, mm-hmm. the kind of a physical profile that he's got. Yeah, and I mean, I, I saw just the one clip you post on your Instagram. Cheap plug follow uh, Trevor on Instagram, but I saw the one clip you post. I'm like, man, he has a for a seven three dude, his uh, shooting motion is really, really fluid. Mm-hmm. Uh so yeah, that'd be awesome. And I think one of the things we talk about those later round, well, it's only two rounds, but late second round, undrafted free agency type of guys. Yeah. Biggest thing is like their their mentality is really what matters, honestly. I mean, obviously, you want to see like, if they can play worth anything. Can they do some intangible stuff? But it's really more about their mindset. They're ready to come and just work. That's why, I mean, Miami, they just pick guys out of the the. The freaking ether, and they're just finding guys. Yeah, Yeah, there's fighting guys like Max Drews, Gabe Vincent, Duncan was undrafted, I think, too. Like, they just find all these dudes. Um, Golden State, Jordan Poole, it's just about their mindset. Like, how much do you want to work? And I mean, like, you brought up Kai. I've talked about Jordan Mm -hmm. Usher a lot. I would love Jordan Usher for the Lakers. Um, It's more about the mindset. It seems like Kai has a great mindset. Like you said, a good head on his shoulders. And again, for a 7'3 dude that's that athletic, that can put the ball on the floor and shoot that well, it, it would be a, a nice fit for the Lakers. Uh, 671 vlog said, uh, will Kai Soto be drafted? What round? Looks like second round if, if he's drafted. It's possible he goes undrafted, but probably be a, a second round guy. Uh, but he's got workouts with a dozen NBA teams. Um, couldn't reveal which teams they were, but uh, he's got workouts with a lot of teams, and he's going to look to wow them. And... Um, See uh, see what happens. See what happens. Also, again, just because they go undrafted does not mean they're not good. Correct. It, it Austin Reeves went undrafted. That We've yeah. got an example Austin of that already. Uh, yeah. Mark Mark with a super chat said, Trevor, the rumor Nate McMillan is coming to the Lakers for picks. I haven't seen anything on that, that rumor connecting Nate McMillan to the Lakers. Um, I would say in general, I'm not in favor of the Lakers giving up picks in order to trade for a coach. The NBA doesn't really want those trades going down anyway. It was kind of a unique situation. Doc getting traded to the Clippers. They don't really want coaches getting traded. But the Lakers are not in a position asset-wise where they can burn picks trading for a coach. So I don't I don't think it makes a lot of sense for the Lakers to do that. Also, respectfully, I'm not trading picks for Nate freaking McMillan. <laughs> that's, Solid coach. That's, a, that's like, another he's, thing. He's not Nick Nurse. Let's calm down. Uh, Derek Jones 
with a super chat said and junior <laughs> Derek jones jr hey i wouldn't mind the lakers picking him up uh until genie bus understands that this version of the lakers front office won't work we'll be back in that this position well i mean genie made it pretty clear in her interview with um plashke that if things don't improve she's going to make changes it really sounds like this is this is it this is it they've got a chance here to fix this and if it doesn't happen this summer then changes are going to be that means heads are going to roll right i mean that's that's what's going to happen. And that has to be the take. Like it's either you've got one more shot and then we're making changes, or we're just making changes already. Right? Like that's the only response that you can have after you've had the worst season ever. The worst season in Lakers history. We just went through it. You can't look at your front office who just made a bunch of mistakes last summer and say anything but you get one more chance or you get no more chances. You can't say Oh, everything's good. I'm fine. You can say I've got complete faith in them, and she said that. You could say I believe they can do this, but at the same time, you understand that there's got to be accountability if this doesn't get fixed this offseason. Yeah. Oh, Mook Morris. Who wins, Boston or Miami? Miami in seven. I, I sure hope so. My, my hope is just like with the last year's. I hoped the Bucks would win. I my ideal, the best outcome that I can imagine, just like last round, is Boston getting swept. That's the that's the best outcome. And again, I don't think it's going to happen. I think Boston takes this. I just see matchup wise some some concerns, but I hope that's not what happens. I hope Miami goes through. I hope Jimmy Butler is. The 70, the Butler that we saw against the 76ers last series. I hope Kyle Lowry recovers enough to make an impact. He's going to be out for game one tomorrow. I hope Miami takes this and sends the Celtics home so I can enjoy a stress-free NBA Finals because I'm at the point now where whoever, I just, just, not just not the Celtics. As long as the Celtics don't win it, I'm happy. I don't even care if it's the Warriors. The Warriors win, okay, whatever. I don't care. Just not the Celtics. So I hope Miami wins this thing, but if I take away that, if I try to look at this from an unbiased perspective, I've got Boston winning the series. All I'm going to say is this is easily the best coach they've had to face against, mm-hmm. and this is the best defense they've had to play against so far in the playoffs. True. True. I hope that does make the difference. Uh, Bernie L. said, Lakers, please bring back JaVale McGee if it's an option. Losing him and Caruso really hurt our chemistry and defense. It would help AD. If you can get him on a veteran minimum. Sure. Sure. You can get him on a veteran minimum, but he hasn't played on a veteran minimum contract in a couple of seasons now. So I don't know if that's that's going to happen. But if he's a veteran minimum guy, yes, JaVale, come on back. I don't know that you can get him on that, though. We'll, we'll see. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Uh, we've got 
Isham, 976. The Super Chat. I heard Austin Reeves refused to be drafted by the Pistons. Also, if Westbrook stays, Monk will leave unless he takes a five-finger discount on the side. Wink. So he's stealing something? But but yes, he's he's on the side. So if if Westbrook stays, Monk will leave. I think Monk look, if Monk is getting paid by the Lakers, he's he's gonna stay. A, a discount on the side, it could be something where they say, Hey, look, you know, we'll give you a one plus one taxpayer mid level, second year player option, and then we're gonna have your we're gonna have rights to go above that. We'll have I believe I wanna say it's early bird. I gotta go double double check. I have to brush yeah. up on all that, but They'd have early bird rights, I believe. Um, yeah, it would be early. So we can pay you a little bit more next year. Maybe he's willing to do that. The Lakers can say, look, we gave you a chance. We gave you minutes. We gave you the role. We gave you the opportunity to shine. We're asking that, you know, since we bet on you, we're asking you to bet on us and see. But you know what? If a team comes in and says, hey, Malik Monk, we're going to give you $45 million over four years. I understand. Like, I would tell, tell Malik, hey, you got to take that. You know, so I yeah. don't. I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens there. But as far as Austin Reeves refusing to be drafted by the Pistons, yes, 100%, that is true. That is true. Austin Reeves, um, I've heard this directly from his representatives. Austin Reeves had the opportunity to be drafted in the second round by the Pistons, said no thank you, um, with basically the rationale was that if, and I think this was brilliant, was yes, it'd be great to hear your name called on draft night. But landing spot is more important. And we think, given the guys who are on the Lakers, given the role, given the spotlight that the, that being a Laker has with it, if you link up with the Lakers and you do something there, people are going to notice and you're going to make a lot more in the long run than if you link up with the Pistons and you get drafted in the second round and you're still a two-way player, whatever it is that they're that they're offering, if you do something with the Pistons, are people really going to notice? And I think this is also smart. They looked at Austin's skill set and they said, you know what, this is the kind of kid who performs best when he's around better players. And that's something that the Lakers offered over the Pistons as well. So that was a situation where not being drafted made sense. And in hindsight was, was brilliant because Austin Reeves made a splash last season and is in line in the future to make a lot more, I think, than if he had uh, joined up with the Pistons and been drafted in the second round. Just to piggyback off of here, if he got drafted by the Pistons, he's not going to get noticed as much. Sadiq Bey from Villanova, he had a really, really solid year last year. Mm-hmm. Let him have been in, in L.A. He's getting all the praise in the world. He sure. had a 50-point game for crying out loud. It seems like nobody even cared about that game. I get, I get it. I think that might have been Super Bowl Sunday or there wasn't any games or whatever. I forget what the situation was or whatever. But he had 50 points, and it seemed like nobody like even thought about that. Um, so that's just an example. Um, so, yeah, like you said, it was a smart play by Austin. He, he bet on himself, put his chips in the middle, and said, hey, look, if I play well in L.A., I'm going to make a bunch more money in L.A. Like you said, mm-hmm. hey, cool, get my name called. It's the second round anyway, so who cares? Uh, well, never mind. That's a little disingenuous, but um, it's it's the second round. It's not like it's the 15th pick in the first round or whatever, right? So, yeah, it, it was a smart play by Austin and his representatives. 
Mook Morris too with a super chat said, I hope so, talking about the, the Suns and the, and the Celtics, but I think the potential, or I'm sorry, the Heat and the Celtics, the Suns are at home, uh, but I think the the finals potential matchups might be Warriors versus Boston. That's my, that's my pick as well. I think, again, I've got the Celtics getting through. I also have the Warriors getting through, but what I want to see, the matchup I want to see is Heat versus Mavs. That's the matchup I want to see in the NBA Finals. That would be, if you told me you get to pick, that's what I would choose. Heat versus Mavs, that's the matchup I want for the NBA Finals. Even though I don't like the Warriors, I want Warriors Heat just so I can be right. Just, I picked it just, just like February. I want to be right every once in a while. Uh, Ricardo G said, thanks guys, great offseason show. Thank you. Are you worried Thanks. the Celtics will win? They see humble, focused, and dangerous. I in the Celt- Yes, I'm worried. And part of that is, in the Celtics defense, I see some of the same... I don't know if I want to say philosophies, because it's not the same, but the defense reminds me a little bit of the 2020 Lakers. And that's... So yes, I'm, de- I'm very worried that, that the Celtics will, will win. I, I think I think that that could very well happen. Yeah, that that's unfortunate. Yes. Man, not We're gonna have to do a celebratory show if the Celtics like lose in five games to the Heat. Oh, I would yeah, I would be I would be so I would be happy. Grab the champagne. I've I've looked at it because you know the NBA front office show with my guy Keith Smith. He's one of one of my favorite people. I consider him a, a very good friend, Keith Smith. I came out of the game last night with the Celtics and the Bucks. I, I said, you know what? If the I want the Celtics to lose, I hope they go home. I hope they don't get anywhere close to number eighteen. But if the Celtics win, I'm just going to try to be happy for my guy Keith. And so that's that's what I try to do. Um, and I would still feel the same way, but. Man, you just you just don't want it. But again, if you if, if we're living in a world where this was the worst Lakers season ever, ever the only the way this ends is with the Celtics championship. I hope that does not can we, happen. Can we just get a tie instead? Like, is that possible? The first ever tie in a basketball game. <laughs> I don't think that's possible. Um, I've I've even had some people say though that they are pulling for the Celtics because they think the Celtics winning a championship would somehow light a fire under the Lakers and get them to fix things? I don't think so. I don't... I think that's... that's the, amount of, the amount of things that should have lit a fire underneath the Lakers this year but did it is massive. So I'm not sure that would work either. Yes. Yeah. Not great. Not great. All right. Somebody, oh, Carol Zobrano says, my mom loves the Celtics. I have family in Boston. I'm torn. I love the Lakers more than anyone. Stay strong. Stay strong. Oh, no, Al Mack. That's gross. Would you cheer for the Clippers or the Celtics? Oh, gross. Watch lacrosse. Yeah, I would would change the channel. Watch cricket. Something. Yeah, (laughs) would would not be able, would not be able to do that. Would not be able to do that. Oh, Watch man. the Rangers and the Reds play. Those are the two worst teams in baseball. I know the Reds suck, but yeah, the the Reds are definitely one of the worst yeah. teams. That's what that's what we'd have to do. We would be resigned to watching bad baseball. No, they pitched a no hitter and lost. Yeah, how is that even possible? How is it possible? Uh, <laughs> um, 
Brooke Morris said, I forgot the draft prospect who compared himself to Dylan Brooks, but I hope he goes undrafted and we could pick him up. I don't, I'm just... Jordan Usher. Jordan was Usher. Was that Jordan Give Usher? Give me Jordan. That was him. He compared himself to Dylan, and uh, he said his game, he sees some Draymond and Dylan Brooks in okay. there. Give me Jordan Usher. I hope he's a, a little it. bit more selective with his shots than Dylan Brooks. <laughs> yeah. A little bit? A little bit? A little bit. Uh, Robert Gonzalez, hey Trevor, do you think it's possible we can get both Kai Soto and Jordan Usher next year? Sure, I mean, look, if, if these guys go undrafted, the Lakers just say, "Come on over, sign with us. We'll give you the opportunity." Yeah, yeah. so definitely that 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 could happen. Now, if both of them go in the second round, can you buy two second round picks? Uh, that gets a bit tougher. Yeah, I mean that that's where it gets a bit more difficult. But if we're talking about undrafted guys, it's possible. Possible now. For people who want Jordan Usher, I will speak some optimism into you. He was not invited to the Combine, which is typically a sign of like all the, the bigger names and the guys. There was mm-hmm. like 75 invites of guys who could likely get drafted. Yeah. He wasn't invited to that, and he's like on no big boards like whatsoever. So it doesn't seem like he's going to get drafted, which I guess is good news for Lakers fans. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, that's the thing. So, like, the NBA draft, the draft lottery is coming up. Tomorrow. I, yeah, yeah, I'm, it's weird. Like, I did a, a radio hit in Portland, and they're all asking me about the draft lottery coming up, and I'm like, I didn't even realize that's <laughs> that it was, because the Lakers don't have a pick, we haven't been paying that much attention to it. Yeah. Most years, I'd be, you know, I'm counting down the days till the draft lottery, I'm getting my lucky socks ready for it, and all that, all that kind of, <laughs> I had lucky socks for the draft lottery. It worked. It worked. The Lakers kept their pick three years in a row, when they could have lost it. But, um, I was... I, I used to be more focused on the draft lottery. The Lakers don't have a pick. Will it sting if New Orleans gets the one pick out of this? Yeah, for sure. But the pick's gone. There's nothing the Lakers can do. It's gone no matter what. So, I don't know. It is It is, is what it is. There's not... Like, if the pick stays where it's at or it slides down a spot or something, I don't think I'm going to feel any better. The only chance... The only emotional change that I'll have out of the draft lottery is I'll feel bad if the pick moves up and suddenly the Pelicans get a really good pick out from the Lakers. So I'm not like looking forward to the draft lottery or anything like that. That would make the worst season ever even mm-hmm. worse. Imagine the Pelican or our pick for the Pelicans goes from projected at eight or whatever to three. And then the Celtics win a title barf. Jaden says Clippers, please trade one of their many wings for us. Not going to. Wings, look, you you stock up on as many wings as you can in the NBA. It's part of the reason why they paid Robert Covington, gave him an extension rather than let him hit the market. Everybody wants big wings. What do the Lakers need? Big wings. What did they not have enough of last season? Big wings. They need these guys. The Clippers aren't going to part with those guys. Everybody is stockpiling as many big wings as they can get. You want it. Big wings are like running backs to the San Francisco 49ers. You just get as many of them as you possibly can. And and you deploy them as you see fit. That's that's what you need in today's NBA. Or for another analogy, uh, big wings are like wide receivers drafted in the first round for the pack. Oh, well, <laughs> never mind. My bad. Those don't exist. Those those don't exist. <laughs> those don't exist. Don't exist. <laughs> All right. Everybody, thank you guys so much for, for joining us here, here tonight. Again, if you're listening to the podcast version of this, make sure that you give us a five-star rating over an Apple podcast. Toss some comments in the reviews. Love getting that there. 
If you're watching over on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Ring that notification bell. And of course, find Lakers Nation at Lakers Nation Official on Instagram, at Lakers Nation on Twitter and Facebook. Oh, boy. Oh, by the way, we also have a TikTok account at LakersNation.com is our TikTok account. You can go check that out, populating that with all kinds of content as well. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane, at Trevor Lane NBA on Instagram and Facebook. You can find Sean at Sean underscore D-A-V-I on Twitter, at Sean underscore Davis 23 on Instagram. Till next time, everybody. See you and stay safe. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.